Welcome to the Speaking Light into Abortion podcast, where I talk about all the reasons it's possible for you to thrive after your abortion. I'm your host, Amanda Kingsley, and two years after my own abortion, I certified as a life coach so I could serve women after abortion in all the ways they've been deserving and lacking for centuries. Consider this your launchpad for finding strength and community in yourselves and in each other. Um, I love how it's sort of like when you buy a red car, all you see is red cars. It's like when you, when you go into a bookstore, you're like, there's no books about abortion, which in retrospect, there aren't really like a very small (laughs) number, (laughs) but I love when they just start. I was thinking today as I was preparing for this podcast, like I've done a lot of episodes with, um, with authors who've written about abortion, um, either fiction, nonfiction, like all different, but, um, memoir. Um, I was thinking this morning, like I should put them all together in a little, these podcast episodes are by authors. Cause there really are a lot of books. And I have had a year of listening to a lot of fiction. Now I'm probably getting recommendations from like-minded people, but I am shocked every time abortion comes up. In a, in you know, like women's health, abortion, like it really does come up a lot. So anyway, that's my long way of saying today's guest is an author of the book, The View from the Clinic. Welcome Patrice D'Amato. Um, as titled on the cover, a nurse's, one nurse's journey in abortion care. And so let's talk today about your experience, how you ended up writing the book, what you want people to take away, any little favorite stories you have, literally anything. This can go anywhere. But I would love for you to just introduce yourself in a way that feels good to you. And then we'll we'll just dive in and try and stop ourselves from talking in like 45 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Good. Sounds good. My name is Patrice Diamato and it is a pen name. I will say that right off the bat. Um, I saw a ton of books as well and I do think that abortion is like it's like coming out of the closet right and people really like it it's a juicy sexy topic that grabs people's attention it is you know no I'm with you I'm with you (laughs) yeah so but what I did was I don't think anybody has done this and that is writing from the perspective of the person who's giving the abortion. And what I see, you know, we talked, I love that you and I talked about, well, I'm not, I I didn't give the, I didn't do the abortion. I I wasn't physically the person and and like how we like to minimize our involvement in the actual abortion process. Yeah. But I, I mean, I worked caring for women, hundreds, probably thousands now of women um, going through an abortion. Yeah. And so, you know, my identity is as a nurse and I, I have not had an abortion myself. Um, I have had a miscarriage and I counted it because it, it was like a medical abortion. It's exactly yeah, the same. The exactly. process that you go through mm-hmm. is exactly the same. And I went through it alone without any real support or knowledge or anything at the time. Um, but I decided that it was time for nurses to tell you what we know. We see so many things and it's, you need to, you you need to know it's okay. And to be able to bring not just the emotional stuff, but like the medical stuff, the hardcore medical reality that is for Mm -hmm. one in every four women in this country um, that go through an abortion. So it just, uh, I always tell my story. It started in me too. I was listening to some politician who was talking about taxing women's sanitary products. And he's like, well, why wouldn't we tax that? That's a luxury item. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? Did I just hear that? 
And you know, he said, like, and it, right. So the like toilet I, paper, <laughs> right? Exactly. Well, well, no, yes, it is. It turns out because the interviewer pressed him a little further, it and he's turns like, "Turns out it is." Yeah, don't you go into the bathroom, you pee out that blood, and you just keep going. And I was like, "Oh my god, this is a married man. He doesn't even know what goes on in his own bathroom, and he's mm. making decisions about with, with such authority." He was very authoritative about this. We do. We should tax these products. They are luxury item. And you know how everybody has that moment in life where you're like, okay, that's that's. I've had enough. <laughs> exactly. I have had enough. You just so crossed the line, I, right? I was like, I can't. Well, and it had was building. You know, I know that's what that. I was. That's what I was trying to think. Like, is it a thick line that you've been like no. edging your way across, or is it a long line that you like? Anyway, it's like a long, thick line totally. of like myth and misinformation and when mm-hmm. they start regulating medical stuff and women and it's always women's bodies i was like i'm not even i i am a women's health nurse but not my whole career it's only a part of my career cuz mm-hmm. but even then i was like i'm done we i have and i felt like you know what nurses need to speak we need to speak and mm. people will listen if we can say it in a way that matters we know how to mm. talk to people so that they get it yeah. and so I started writing I just yeah. started writing and I wrote every well almost every story <laughs> that I could think of to just bring it home and make it normal my goal was like yeah. would you like to just be a fly on the wall at the abortion clinic come with me that's what Walk it feels like my day. yeah Yes. Yeah. Because it's real. It's every day. Mm -hmm. It's not, I'm not going to say it's not a big deal because, but so are so many things in life, but it's just one of many. Yeah. It is like being at the deli counter, but the day before Christmas, when you walk in and what do you see and what's going on? I was terrified. I hadn't worked in it and I hadn't had an abortion. Um, But you know, I, the, I guess, you know, my curiosity, my stubbornness got the better of me. I talk a lot about my mom, who was a nurse, who uh, talked very poignantly about taking care of abor- uh, patients who were not allowed to abort in the 1950s. Oh. So there's a pretty uh, strong, powerful chapter about that and mm-hmm. how that shaped me as well to say, my God. We have to talk. We have to tell you what's going on. What's yeah. the deal? Yeah. So that was yeah. my yeah. That mm. was my journey, mm. and I love to write. So yeah. Oh, so good. Um, <clears throat> let's see. I took a bunch of notes here. What what you did reference a conversation we had before we before we went into the, this conversation, which was just like the use of the pen name and how we who talk about abortion publicly find ourselves safe. And my listeners who are loyal listeners know I've talked about this a lot. Like I've overcome many different hurdles in my journey of like, is this work safe? Am I putting my family in danger? Like all the things. So I just really appreciate you sharing these stories, telling these stories I, I don't care what name it's under because you have valuable information to share. Um, and I love, love, love the composition of the book, the ease and read of the book, the realness. And like, just like, it's not just, I, okay. I've read a lot of abortion books that are just people's stories, but right. the way you write people's stories just really feels like you're reading a novel or something. It's great. And I appreciate that because sometimes it's like, and so and sometimes abortion stories can be very dry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really, really appreciate um, the way you've written this book. <laughs> Some of it's really funny, like, like yeah. fall out of your seat funny. Yeah. It just is because life is funny and nurses, believe me, we see the funniest things it's not all tragic and so I think a lot of people are put off they're like oh I can't read this it's gonna break my heart and they end up like laughing or getting excited it's a it's it's all of life yeah yeah Yeah. I mean I 
I feel like that's a hurdle in my my work in supporting people after their abortions is they're like, oh, I don't want to talk about it. It's so serious. And then I'll just be sad forever. And like, it's right. too dark and gloomy. And, you know, I'm like, no, we laugh. Like, right. we, I promise you, like, yes, there is darkness. But man, we're going to have a good time. Like yeah. serious subjects don't have to be painful. Right. Yeah. It's like we don't sometimes need to suffer. Super funny. Like yeah. sometimes like just and I just still laugh. I think of, you know, my little hippie chick that came rolling in, no underwear, no preparation. She was just like, What's the, I don't know what's gonna happen? And it was just like a moment that where we were like, Oh god, how how are we sending her home? You know, where it's just like funny. Yeah. And we're like, huh, let's 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 make a diaper out of like you know, and the makeshift things that you do. Yeah. And just the breadth of seeing people, I think for somebody who's trying to heal from abortion, it's so yeah. normalizing yes. to see it from my perspective because yes. I see it all. Yeah. And I tried to capture a lot of that in the book while protecting those people as well. And I we talked about that a little because, you know, the stories are raw, they're real. Um, people see themselves in them or not. And you're like, holy moly, what? This is her 17th pregnancy and she's 40? What? So I really want people to be startled too. Yes. It's not all like you. It's not your world necessarily. And so I really wanted to, to go into that. And that opens up your own judgment about what you expect all of, oh how could somebody get pregnant 17 times that's re oh, what eight abortions what is that even a thing oh yes it is <laughs> yes it is and let's go there let's expand our own minds to help us understand from our little narrow worldview what it's not even what's right and what's wrong it's what is oh boom that's it we can end the podcast right there <laughs> oh so good it's yeah. not even what's right and what's wrong it's what is and yeah. what is is an and it's both it's all the things like and it's a big fat mystery I love people who are like well once I figure out if I made the right, cause I'm working with people after, right. So it's like, right. if I figure out if I made the right decision or not, then I'll be okay. I'm like, Oh really? You think there's some answer out there that's going to tell you? It's like, right. It's a no. validation, you know, like to feel how will I, I'll feel good about myself if I can validate that what I did was the correct thing and life just isn't. It's all like made up. That. It's all made up. Yep. It's just what is. It's yeah. what is. So let it be all the things. Yeah. Oh, um, okay. Knowing my audience is generally coming to this podcast after their abortion experiences. And they're generally coming to this podcast because they have kind of mixed, messy, complex feelings, right? Like they're really sad or maybe they felt pressured into it or maybe they... um uh, their life doesn't look the way they thought it would if they had an abortion, right? It's like, just so, there's a complexity. Like, I tend not to have the listeners who are just like, powerhouse, do what you need to do, move on with your life and like, go rock the world, which like, support those badass women. Um, knowing that my audience tends to, to be coming from that place and that you are coming from the other place, right? Like you're coming from the pre-care, the actual care, the medical care, the, but getting so much story, hearing like so much vulnerability, so much like, like you're seeing the complexity on that end. <laughs> yeah. Um, Is there a particular story or theme from your experience, from your work, from your book that um, that you think a listener wants to hear from you about? Yeah, that's a great question. So I will also um, tell you that I still work in abortion care, but only I only do post-abortion um, telemedicine now. Yep. So my yeah. patients now 
um, that I work with remotely, they can call and anybody who's had an abortion, at least in this country. Such a good service. It has to be. It is, it's, um, you know, it's required. So yep. you have to be able to get a nurse um, after your abortion for, you know, whatever. And it yep. has to be a 24 hour, you know, access to a nurse. Yeah. And so that's what I do. I love so it. I do it's amazing. See, yeah. I do see a lot of that. Um, it's, so I see tons and tons of post abortion people, but not as far out as you do. Right. So I, think I mean, I'm going you, decades back. <laughs> right. Right. You're uncovering, or, I mean, it might be in the immediate post-abortion period, which, yeah, for so, sure. yeah, for me, I would say it's post-abortion period, but I will first preface by putting my professor hat on because I was a nursing professor for many years. Love it. And uh, the first thing I will do is talk about the Turnaway study. I don't know. Are you familiar oh, with please. that? Oh, please. Yeah. Let's yeah. talk about it because I have lots of feelings about it. Yeah. So they... They did study um, out of UCSF. They they did a study um, where they went to the abortion clinic and they talked to women who were denied the abortion for maybe a medical reason or I don't know if it was payment, but I think it was usually there was some reason that they were turned away at the door. And then the other women who went through with the abortion and then they they tracked them and did a longitudinal study for a long time, five years. Yeah, I think it yeah. might, they extended it, right? I, Maybe to 10. I'm terrible with details, but 10 sounds more right to me. Like I'm looking at the book. I'm not going to go get it, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the good thing, I think the reassuring thing is that um, for anybody who needs that validation that they made a good decision, I think for me, and I'm, I'd be curious to see what you thought your thoughts are on yeah. it, but for yeah. me, it validates that Women know, they know themselves, mm -hmm. the decision that they made um, if they chose to abort and had the agency and ability to do it, they fared better in the long run. They do fare better on yeah. every dynamic. Now, I will say, I think it doesn't seem to pick up a whole lot of people who are having PTSD like many years later. Um, they do feel sadness but the women who had to carry the, the the pregnancy love their babies and i think that's really critically important to understand they do love their children mm -hmm. they you know think oh my gosh what would my life be with without you know emily like but but when they study them deeply they also see that they don't thrive um quite nearly as much on any indicator as yeah. the women who were able to have an abortion. Yeah. So I think for me to talk to somebody who's had an abortion and is still trying to heal and get through it, 80% of women, and this is a different study, their primary, uh, you know, response is relief that the pregnancy is mm -hmm. over and that they can move on. Um, so do know that the vast majority of women um, do what they need to do and they, 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 they move on. Yeah. I love though, that there is now a world full of coaches and people who can help you go into the dark place that you wouldn't couldn't allow yourself the luxury. Maybe you don't have the money. Maybe you don't want to go to that place. It's painful. You just like kind of like want to move on with your life. But now we have people like you who if if you can and you're brave enough, you can go into that dark place and heal and and move through with other wise women. You know, like we're not alone. So I I see mostly relief in the patients that I see, I think that the stress of the process is um, an energy opener, if you yeah. will. I feel like it opens energy, an energy field. And if you like that kind Agreed. of work, read the <laughs> end of the book, get to the end of the book. I've had people who are like, I don't even get what you're saying. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> because I yeah. talk about the energy forces that are entering and leaving bodies. Um, and when you have an abortion and the life forces that were starting and where they might go and how where the interplay with your own body 
um, in terms of that energy. And you talk about those things. You talk about those energetic fields yeah. and frequencies. Yeah. And so um, I am right with you on that. Not everybody wants to go there, but if you do, just just read it because some of that yeah. uh, other yeah. life stuff is is really compelling. Yeah. I'm like having this like frustration that I'm not in the room with you and can't give you a big hug. <laughs> <laughs> um, you said at the very beginning, remember when you said us, we were talking about how abortion is in more, more content these days and how it's this juicy, sexy topic. Um, and we both kind of laughed a little. And I actually think the, the healing part is, is juicy and sexy. It's good stuff. Like, Oh yeah. Yeah okay, you have some guilt after, like, let's get in there. Let's talk about it. Let's like turn it into your power. Like, yep. I think people think sometimes the healing, if there's any amount of like darkness in it, like it's going to be like bad. It's like, no, that's like the good stuff. That's, that's the- where we oh. like find your power. Yep. Um. Okay. My mixed feelings about their turn away study have been shared on the podcast before and I like completely respect the study and and everything about it and I'm so glad it exists and I love the book and I love everyone who worked on it um but a new story came to me or a new like comparison came to me as you were just talking about it which is that I really like the this word relief came out of that study just so strongly and and I, I believe that. I don't argue that at all. I 100% mm-hmm. think it's amazing and it's fantastic. Um, but it reminds me of this time I brought my vegetarian friend. I was probably like 12 or 13. Oh, maybe I was a little older. Brought my vegetarian friend to my Italian grandma's house. <laughs> and she was serving meatballs. And she was like, no, 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 you can eat them. They're made with breadcrumbs. Like, <laughs> and like, <me. laughs> like, yes. That's such an a, Italian grandma thing. Right? If I it's a it. meatball, it is made with relief. And maybe even the majority ingredient is relief. But there is meat in it, right? Like there is right. sadness in it. There is grief in it. There is guilt in it. And I just get nervous anytime we, I think it can, for those, for the people like the clients who come to me who are, who are feeling the weight of the other ingredients more than they're feeling the relief, it can feel like something's wrong with you, right? It's like, well, if this meatball looks like mostly breadcrumbs to my grandma and it looks like mostly meat to my friend, (laughs) You know, which one is is true, which one is right. And like something must be wrong with me if I don't feel like I should be able to eat this meatball. (laughs) I I think the analogy is making sense. No, (laughs) it totally makes sense. And let me just say you brought up to me my own beef with the healthcare with healthcare professionals. Yeah. And I do. I don't know if I talk about it in the book enough because I and I know it pisses off we sanitize things you know or even even our best even the most uh the the warriors you know like the social justice warriors what i'm seeing is very disturbing to me amanda and i agree with you in that it bypasses healing we're we sanitize it we say but everybody you know you'll do great people do great we know they do great we know Oh, that there's low risk. Da, 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 da. It's sanitizing a very complex topic, and it does absolutely yeah. minimize um, the potential for going deeper within yourself. And thank you, because I I forget to say that. And even myself, I'm like, you know, I am so annoyed. I'm just going to say this. I am so annoyed at the um, you know, the people that are out there touting that Tylenol is say, is uh, more dangerous than um, the, the medical abortion pill. I'm sorry. I looked at the study because I was like, what the, what WTF are they saying here? And d- because there are risks to emptying your uterus willfully, like, come on, stop that. Just yeah, stop. It. Why can't we just say this is risky and it's worth it, 
right? It's yes. like chemo. It's like exactly. There's no guarantee here, but there's a really good reason to follow through. Like because there's a really you- good reason to have this abortion. It doesn't mean it's all rainbows and unicorns. It's right. like yeah, well, we just do that with can- on we do the that with relief. Chemo. Like we just focus on the relief. Most people feel relieved. You'll feel mm. relieved eventually. It's like like okay, yeah, I get it, but it's not it's just it's it, you described it perfectly. It's right. And the reason why sanitizes humanity. Like yes. Science you know- sanitizes humanity. It's like when people say, "Well, yeah, I know your house is or like I know your house is cold and you don't have as much food in the fridge as you'd like, but be grateful that you love right. your husband. Shut it's like, up. okay, <laughs> like that doesn't solve my hunger problem. No, right. But with abortion, I mean, I would say the specific thing that's interesting about abortion as opposed to some other medical things that we, you know, sanitize, go get that artificial hip. You're going to be dancing. Oh, come on. Stop that. Stop it. Um, You'll have no pain. We are in a culture where we believe we should have no pain. We should have no, we should just feel wonderful. And that's not not how life is, right? Yeah. So um, the thing about abortion and the reason why it's being shaped that way is because there's forces trying so hard. I know, it's so frustrating. Right. If you said there was any danger, any any potential problem you could have after an abortion, then you know, the antis will just go nuts on it. So that's where they we use are it that. against us. I get it. I totally get it. Like we have to just keep screaming abortion is healthcare. We have to keep screaming like abortion is freedom, whatever the things are, because they use it. And they've used it against me. Like you can find articles online with me that are like, see, she said she was sad. This is exactly <laughs> why she you. shouldn't. Right. Like, <laughs> I get it. And I almost didn't do this work. Like I, you know, I almost didn't step out and talk about it because I'm like, oh, great. You're going to get out there and you're going to damage the uh, the abortion Abortion. movement. You're going to damage people's access. You're going to damage people's care. But I really, truly believe in like it's going to take a serious fight for me to put down this this is whatever stake I have in the ground. Me, too. But I was told the same thing to be able to say like so what if it's ugly? So what if I'm sad? I'm going to stand here in my sadness as my power. When my sadness is my power, like, the thing is, like, most people are in their sadness as their weakness. And then when that guy gets up there, the legislator gets up there, and he wants to fight against abortion to protect you from your sadness, it can feel like that they're using your weapon they're using your sadness as a weapon against you but when you stand in your sadness and you're like fuck you i'm sad and i would get another abortion if i had to <laughs> right right we exactly. have to stand powerfully in it yep as a truth as a part of the meatball <laughs> right <laughs> i love the meatball i had an italian grandmother and they can't they like yeah they can try but they can't use it against us in the same way they just can't like if we're all standing up and being like i maybe even i regret my abortion and i would absolutely take my daughter to the clinic if she needed one my regret does not get to blanket over someone else's experience has nothing to do with it which is what they did with Roe versus Wade, you know, the first woman and she recanted and she's, you know, went, they paid her millions of, I don't know, maybe probably not even millions, which would have been worth it to go and, you know, talk about how abortion ruined her life. And, um, you know, she needed the money. And so, yeah, I am so with you. And what I also see, because I'm a woman of, I'm 60, but what I see is that younger women are not buying this shit. I know. Isn't it amazing? It's, I love it so much. I love it. And I knew that if Roe v. Wade, I saw what was happening and I was like, you know what? If this goes down, these young women are not, Mm -hmm. they are not putting up with this. They're like, Mm -hmm. hell no. Um, So, but these, so I see, 
I see these number, you know, the ranks growing of women who are like, uh, uh, I don't think so. Um, It is very hard for me, though, because I do have clinics um, that I cover in Atlanta. And um, I have, I work in a state where we have a lot of outsiders coming. And so the, you know, I'm seeing people from Texas, from Mississippi, from Alabama, and the stories I guess I should write a book about that. I mean, a lot of people are talking about it, but it's, um, it's not a reality for many. So I think that the, you know, the ones that are strong and have the resources have to carry this through and they, they will, I think they will. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's another hill I stand on is like, No, you don't have to do your healing work. No, you don't have to face your grief. No, you don't have to face your shame. But if you can, if you have the privilege of being able to do that, you're not just doing it for you. You're doing it for the people who don't have the privilege. Their their shame is also about the food they can't put in their fridge, right? Exactly. Or like the fact that they can't send their kid to school without worrying they're going to be taken away. Like, right. No, you don't have to, but if in any, by any means you can, you have that privilege to be able to spend some time looking at your shame, to spend some time man- working through your guilt, working through your grief, like you will change the world by doing that. You like, will, you will, the energy, yep. <laughs> The energy shifts when you, with yes. each person. And that's what I always say when people say, well, what's our hope? It's that each individual person does their healing. It's the only way it's coming from the inside out, not yeah. the outside in. Yeah. Yeah. So please, everybody keep doing your, your, your awesome. You're awesome. They are. <laughs> My listeners really are super awesome. <laughs> I like sometimes it catches me off guard how lucky I am. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um okay. What um what else did I take a note about? What else? What what else do we want to bring to this conversation today that maybe we haven't talked about that you have some particular insight into with your experience with your maybe it doesn't come from the book cuz people can go read that. Maybe it yeah. comes from the work you're doing now. I don't know. Like what um, you know, I really, I, I touched on it earlier, but the, but the big thing that I think is expanding your understanding of the world around you and the people in it. And yeah. that is the beauty and privilege of my job Yeah, is to, mm-hmm. you know, really you, you need to do your own work in your yep. own mindset for sure. But mm-hmm. you, it is so beneficial to go outside of yourself and look at the biases that you have. We all hold biases. Yes. And so it's like, well, my abortion was okay because I was in this situation. But again, I will l- let me just talk to you again about the 40-year-old that I had the other day. And it was her 17th pregnancy. And I think maybe her eighth abortion. Yeah. And so we, I really, I, I think that people need to go there because so many people say, well, abortion's okay, but I mean, I think abortion is okay in these circumstances, but not these. And so it really, it's really powerful to dig into yourself. And I am so guilty of it, you know, and you know, as well as anybody that when you walk in front of a healthcare provider with your story, they're looking at the way you're dressed. They looking at your story, they're judging you up and down. And you can say, well, they shouldn't do that. They're a healthcare provider. And I will say to you, they are humans trying to make decisions about how they're going to get through us all through this thing and then at the end of the day the really the really honest ones are gonna say what ripped them open what ripped Mm -hmm. me open in this was it my judgment and assumption I have a a pretty powerful story in there about my assumptions about somebody and I thought you know it was an abusive husband and I I didn't even know if the person was sex trafficked 
and how the story plays out is very much a surprise um to me it's so humbling this work to many healthcare professionals it is not and I will just say that, you know, we get through our job and we think we know, we think we know it all. But when you just like your your clients who have been through the abortion, it's the same. Like you can just kind of move on and go on. And that's OK. You have other things totally. to do. Maybe. Yeah. But if you have the opportunity to stop and reflect about, wow. I thought I knew it all. I thought I knew. I thought I was not biased. I thought I wasn't a man hater. Yeah. I thought I was this. I th- I think abortion is just so wrong in certain, you know, and I talk about, you know, my Kim Kardashian patient and how hard it was for me. They're like, yeah, no, I want to get pregnant. I do. I just like, don't like the way the dress is laying right now and could you just like uh, get rid of this and for me the judgment that I had around somebody who wears a lot of makeup and is like a at the an Instagram influencer and my judgment around that and how I felt about that I think everybody can have the opportunity to go there you know it makes us compassionate human beings I have so many more notes now. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I can come back. (laughs) Okay, wait. The thing, one thing that just stuck out for me is like, even the people who feel amazing after, there's there's juiciness in there. Why? Why do I feel amazing? What am I believing about abortion, about myself? What privileges do I have that let me feel amazing? Like. What upbringing do I have that leads to my feeling amazing? Why do I feel so empowered about my decision? Why do I feel so confident about my decision? Even the people who feel great after abortion, like you can dissect it. You can explore it. You can understand it in a way that magnifies it and better serves everyone. So I think that's also important to note. Um, one thing I noticed, like I, I have felt a little bit like reading fiction has been my guilty pleasure this year. And because I'm like, oh, look at me just like living in a novel, mm. a lot of memoir, a lot of based on whatever. But what I noticed maybe like 10 books into my fiction journey was, oh, this is totally changing the way I understand how people live, right? This is changing how I understand history. This is changing how I under, how I think about people. So like even sitting down with a good novel is going to help you explore your perspective about the world, explore your perspective about people and make right. you more compassionate to like, Oh, I never thought about why that woman may be having her eighth pregnancy. Like maybe it had to do with this, this, or this. Like, I don't know. I don't know. And there's so many factors that could be at play. So I got uh, the criticism that I've gotten is that the second part of my book is all fiction. So the middle section is all fictionalized stories because I I wanted, (laughs) like you said, I wanted to like, you know, I don't know, go down the shore with the girls in the summer yeah. and see how did that happen? Or, you know, the the super earnest librarian who would have never gone through anything like this. I, I needed to do that. I still get some people who are like, just tell me, don't fictionalize anything for me. But I had to offer these stories in fictionalized ways. And it was a lot of fun for me to write fiction. And I am so with you because fiction allows you to tell the truth. Somebody said this once. It allows you to tell the truth um, and frame it like in a way where the the reader can can get it in its totality that you you don't necessarily get with nonfiction. Yeah. So I wrote this really weird book that's part fiction, part nonfiction. And like I said, a lot of people say they, you know, some people really like the fictionalized stories and some do not. But I felt like you really have to contextualize it. You can't just keep seeing people coming to me and I'm sitting there trying to make sense of the craziness of some of these lives. So There's I am also so, something I about like, fiction. if you tell me a real story about one of your clients, like I have questions from the perspective of there are answers because this is real. 
And if you tell me a story in fiction, my brain is a little more open and curious and like, well, there are no real answers because it's not real, but it feels very real. So it's probably similar to what the real person is. It just like plays with your brain in a different way that I think is really important and really valuable. Yeah. Also, I had another food analogy. Oh, I love that. Bring on the <laughs> Italian grandma analogy, but it's from my own parenting. And like, you know, when you're, I'm I'm on my third kid who came like seven years later, that like I I'm a different mom than I was with my first two. Sure, as those of us who have multiple children are. But like when the girls were little, I remember making like black bean brownies and like, you know, like you're trying to get the nutrients in, in a way that they will digest in a way that they will get excited about. It's no different, right? Like I got the black beans into the freaking kids because I added some cocoa powder and sugar. Like, (laughs) so if you can get it into, if you can digest it through fiction, it's still just as valuable. It's still a nutrient. It's totally. it's still going to change the way you see people and judge people. And right. Like it doesn't and the matter. Fiction writer, <laughs> the writer of fiction is telling their truth and, and they are so skilled when you get a good fiction book. My favorite genre is historical fiction because it me takes too. me to that time and place. And they're very forthright in saying, listen, I had to like fill in the gaps of yeah. information and they, but it's true. You know, it's true. You feel the truth in it because yes. it's coming through them. Like, and some of them will even say like, it just is like channeled. I don't know. I so know. I am so with you. It's so, it's such a fulfilling way to expand yeah, yourself. Totally. Okay, one other thing that came up for me, and we should wrap up soon, is um, a lot of people come to me with the, um, so there's the version of like, well, it's okay for these people, but not these people. It's okay for these people. It's not these people. So I want to hear your perspective on it's okay for everyone else, but not okay for me. Oh, not okay for me. Because this is super common, right? People come to me and they're like, well, no, it's fine for that person. It's fine for that person. It's fine for everyone else except me. I'm the special unicorn who should not have done this, who is now doomed to a life of misery. Um, Everyone else is allowed to do this, but not me. Okay. I'm going to say something really mean. And I say it with great love great love you're not that special i say it to all my clients <laughs> oh you do i do I, I you're not up. a unicorn you're not that special i know you know and i but it takes a level of falling to your knees to say that you shit on the toilet just like everybody else yeah. it's really hard to allow to go down there and to spend your time standing in a welfare line or, um, you know, I don't know, somewhere that is really gross to you, like a disgusting place. Yeah. Um, so it's, you're, you're not separate. You are part of the cesspool <laughs> that is life. And it does break my heart. You know, most of my patients, you know, a fair amount very mixed um socioeconomic but more with an emphasis on um the lower end and people who do all kinds of crazy shit like they don't even uh you know coming in still you know high on ecstasy when you show up Mm -hmm. um so you make yourself special and, and then you feel like not only isolated but you let yourself down and this and so your your clients are interesting because they say it was it's okay for everybody else but not for me but they did have an abortion right yeah but it's like everyone else's reasons were good my reasons weren't good enough oh and minimizing it like but i was married and yeah, i have the means. I, we ha- exactly. exactly i i could carry so it's a like bitch- well oh. their reasons make sense but mine aren't good enough Oh, right. I made this decision for me. I have all like, um, and it's not, I could see that. And I have so much compassion for that. So I could see the person who's like, listen, I have the means I could have made this work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and why did, you know, 
what gives me the right to to play God? What gives me the right to exactly. do that? <laughs> and that is, again, so that's a different story. And that is not mean. And that I, I hold in my heart. Um, and it, as you talk about in your very powerful book, it's the gift to yourself, to the children that you have, to the mm -hmm. family, that to the life that you have. And going a step further into what you chose to do with it was what I see in your writing is that you chose to use this experience to help others. And so did that little baby. So did that person who didn't come. What, what she, you identify as she, I think. Yeah. What that, what her purpose served in the decision that you made has opened the universe. So why wouldn't that be true for somebody who's coming to see you? Why yeah. would that not be true? You know, the, the, uh, the opportunity that has been born for everyone from the yeah. decision that you made. So I feel such love um, and again, that comes down I mean, to there guilt. is no answer. It's just what it and it comes down to like your perception of their reason makes yes. you think that theirs was good enough. But yes. there's no such thing as a good reason. It's just a reason. Back to whatever that quote was exactly. earlier. Exactly. Right. Exactly. It's not a good reason or a bad reason. It's just a reason. And yeah. so it, you know, this is why like I know the podcast is really valuable and books like ours are really valuable, but when people really want deep, deep, like, like long lasting change, like you got to get in, you got to get talk yeah. about their individual unique story. Yeah. Like you got to get into so the theirs and yeah. they believe it and you believe your own yeah. story yeah. and to reframe it, to be able to reframe it so that it is a universal story is your gift and it's your job if you can if you can yeah and you probably can if you're listening you probably can <laughs> probably <laughs> a little help a little cheerleader with a little hand to hold <laughs> <laughs> all right well i do need to wrap up because i have another call but again i wish i could be in a room with you um I appreciate your voice and your work so much. I could talk to you forever. Is there yeah. anything in closing that you want to say um, that has not been said? No, really. I just feel so much heart and so hopeful. And please, it's so easy to get into our empowered space, but to really hold the people who are not empowered and to slowly, steadily, and calmly keep expanding us to move to a place where everybody is able to do the work that you all are doing. Yeah. It is, it is a privilege. It is a gift. It is a responsibility and you're doing it anyway. You're doing it. Yeah. So yeah. I am so. And I just have a core belief that I think any of us can adopt. That's like, if you don't feel capable, if you don't feel like you can find that power or time or resources to like do your own healing, you have a good reason. You, that's a You have a good, good reason. reason. And so yep. I'm going to do it beside you. And maybe that will inspire you to like take little bites, but like. Also, just being really careful, like, in not just judging others, but ju judging yourself, right, yeah. is like, like, oh. I should be able to do this. I should be able to feel oh. empowered. I should. It's like, no, you have a good reason. If you want, like, some help figuring out what it is, that can be a part of what makes you feel more powerful in your story. Right. <laughs> is yeah. understanding your good reason for something that... um that feels that you, like you have some shame about. Yeah. You know, it's all about curiosity. Mm -hmm. It's about curiosity about yourself, That's about the it. world around you. If you can't get it right now because of the situation that you're in, I totally support that too. Yeah. And I do want to be clear because not everybody needs to like, you, you just don't have the energy sometimes 
to, to do that. But it's be this curious. fine line. We're like, do the work, but it's okay if you can't. <laughs> exactly. But it is. That's exactly it really how it is. is. Like we genuinely believe that. <laughs> we really do believe that. And yeah, the time so may true. come. It may not. It's okay. Yeah. But just be yeah. curious and keep listening and keep getting your hands on free shit that you can find. Yeah. If that, you know, like just keep listening. Yeah. Ugh. Okay. Well, um, where can people find your book? You generously sent me a copy, so I did not. Um, oh. Like, what's the bet? What's the your preferred way for people to find your book? I mean, I hate to say it, but um, Amazon is pop- and Barnes and Noble. I, mm-hmm. th- I, I, I'm on Apple Books. I did an audio book too, so I know a lot of people love to just. So it's me. It's just me audio narrating. My my theater days are coming back to me. It's so I had a ball doing best. an audio book. It was super fun. It's super easy to to access on audible.com. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the book and my website, www.theviewfromtheclinic.com. And I do have some other resources there. And if it's okay with you, I would like to add yours because oh, I don't please. know a lot of people yeah. doing your work, the work yeah. that you do. And some quotes maybe because I just think your book is. Please, please, oh. please. I know that um, okay. uh, our, you know, RCRC. Or is that a reproductive co? <laughs> ah, religious coalition for reproductive choice. Is that it? I get it. I'm so bad with remembering what these things are. Oh, it's a great organization. They yeah, like um, I recommend a lot of people to their work. Anyway, they have a bunch of my quotes from the book on their site, and I'm yeah. not a religious person. And um, yeah, please, please, oh, yeah, please. Yeah, I please, will please, because please. It, the work that you're doing is really unique. Yeah. Um, so yeah, please do find me and write reviews all right. and all that. It helps metrics and all that kind yes, of stuff. But yes, even then, yes. if you just find it, I've had I've been taking to putting books in little those little um, uh, libraries. Book yeah, libraries? the little libraries. Yeah. Like when I'm in a strange place, I just put one in there. Because you know, why it's am about... I not doing that? That's brilliant. I'm going to do that. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know. Thank you. Do it under cover of night, but (laughs) (laughs) thank you. This was all right. So fun. Um, I look forward to releasing this. It may just, it may be soon, maybe next week, maybe the week after. Um, So glad to add it to the collection. Yeah. I'm so glad we talked. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening. And as always, please consider sharing rating and reviewing this podcast. It helps me reach a wider audience and invites more people to thrive after abortion. If you're someone who chose abortion and find yourself struggling, hiding, or wishing you could move beyond your experience, head over to my website and book a free call. We'll talk about how you can start living the life you made your choice for.